This episode is supported by Zencaster. It's an all-in-one podcast production suite, and it gives you studio-quality audio and video from home without needing all of the technical know-how. I switched to Zencaster for recording my interviews a few months ago, and I have been so impressed. It records each person locally, so even if the internet wobbles, you won't miss a beat. Learn more and save 30% on your first three months at Zencaster.com pricing and enter the code GIRLBONERRADIO. You can start with a free trial of the professional version and then either keep going or switch to their free option moving forward for great interview quality without all the extras. Again, that's Zencaster.com pricing with the code GIRLBONERRADIO or click the direct link down in the show notes. What would it take to arouse your life, to experience more connection, more pleasure, more realness in and outside of the bedroom? I'm August McLaughlin, and this is Girl Boner Radio. You know, I, I think you know it when you have it. I mean, it's when you have one of those, oh my God, that was amazing. And you feel your partner, you know you're connected. And seriously, connection is the key to magical sex. Growing up during World War II, Frank Wiegers never imagined he would one day work in the sex and relationships realm. He had his sights set somewhere else, on becoming a fighter pilot. Well, when I was growing up in World War II, because I was born in 1935, there was a, a book called God is My Co-Pilot. And it was about a fighter pilot in the Chinese theater flying P-40s, you know, with, with the shark mouth on them. And boy, I went, oh man, I want to do that. He fulfilled his childhood dream. He entered the Air Force, graduated at the top of his class, and flew fighters in the Vietnam War. Throughout all of that and the years after, he grappled with questions and challenges around sex and intimacy, which grew into curiosity and passion. Today, he helps others cultivate the sexual experiences and relationships that he long desired and finally found. Near the beginning of The Magical Sex Book, which he co-wrote with Judith Clare, his wife and a longtime career and relationship counselor, he wrote, I loved flying jet fighters almost as much as I loved sex, but flying fighters was dangerous work. We averaged about one crash a month when I was working as an instructor pilot teaching new fighter pilots. You might think that sex and relationships are not as complicated and dangerous as flying a fighter. Think again. At least when you die in a fighter, it's quick. There's a touch of humor and also a lot of seriousness there. He goes on to say that how you create your sex and love life 
has a direct bearing on every other aspect of your life. He has learned a great deal about that throughout his journey to sexual fulfillment, which, as I mentioned, started out not so great. During college, when Frank was in Air Force ROTC, he fell in love with a classmate, the daughter of an Air Force officer. And I said, oh, this is a perfect candidate for me. She knows all about being an Air Force wife. So they got married, and they loved each other. But given upbringings Frank described as sexually repressive, their sex life was difficult. I grew up in a very religious household. Even thinking about sex was a mortal sin, and you're going to go to hell and burn forever. And she grew up the same way. We went to a Catholic university, and um, we got married. She was a virgin, and I might as well have been a virgin because I didn't know anything about sex or relationship. And all I had was what my parents had, and I didn't like that, so I didn't know what to do. Frank only knew that he wanted something more and better than what they had. He wanted a pleasurable, fulfilling sex life with his wife, something neither one of them had any clue about. So one day, he picked up a book called Ideal Marriage, Its Physiology and Technique. It's a famous book written by the 1920s Dutch gynecologist Theodore Hendrik Vandeveld. It's been updated and republished many times. After World War II, it sold over a half million copies. The book was considered pretty revolutionary by many, partly because it asserted that a, quote, critical goal of marriage consists of sexual pleasure shared by a husband and wife. This was in 1959, 1960. And I, I brought that book home, and my wife said, I'm not doing that. I don't want to know anything about that. I mean, she was a self-confessed, frigid woman. In other words, unless his wife was asexual, her shame and perhaps trauma around sex ran deep. They were able to have three children together, but throughout their relationship, she struggled with mental health challenges. Meanwhile, both she and Frank became heavy drinkers. So I think the alcohol masked a lot of the problems. Those problems only increased over time. Eventually, they split up, and Frank started exploring sex with others. Sleeping around, as they say, you know, and still didn't know anything about what I was doing, but I know that I wanted it. So I had some some pretty good lovers, and they, you know, they really didn't give me much guidance about what to do. We just did it, you know, and I didn't know whether they were having an orgasm or not half the time. There was a disconnect, something missing, besides possible orgasms, in those experiences. At a certain point, his life started to feel reckless. It wasn't until much later when I <laughs> got a ticket for drunk driving. I said, you know, this is really insane. i got to change this. And a buddy of mine said, you know, if you want to stop drinking, really should go to AA. And I did. That was around 1980. And he started making changes. And I quit drinking and quit drugging. No more, no more dope, no more nothing, you know. He began to ask himself, what can I do to grow as a person and create the sex he desired? 
he sensed that sex could be pretty magical, if only he could figure out how. Around the same time, someone told Frank about science of mind. It's a philosophy that blends spirituality with science and physics. Intrigued, he attended a non-denominational church to learn more about it. There, he met like-minded people, including many women who were open to having fun. He also discovered a great deal, not only about spirituality, but about his own aspirations. Terry Cole Whitaker, the teacher, said the two biggest wounds in our culture are sex and money. She would always talk about prosperity consciousness. And I said, Terry, who's going to talk about sex? She says, not me. And so I said, I'll take that one. That's going to be my ministry. From early on, that ministry brought him fulfillment. But it wasn't paying the bills. So for many years, he worked other jobs in aerospace, applying his engineering degree and experience. And the whole time I'm trying to learn and study everything I could about sex and spirituality and find my way to more consciousness. He took workshops and classes, attempting to learn all he could. While doing so, he ended up finding love, too, with a woman named Judith Clare. They met at a meaningful, if somber, event. A Tantra teacher he had studied with died very suddenly, and a memorial puja was planned. A puja, P-U-J-A, is a tantric ceremony, a celebration. So he headed to a little church in Santa Monica for the ceremony. And I walked in the door. It was late on, a, I think, a Sunday afternoon. And I walked up the steps into the church, and I looked and I saw this woman who was just I wish you could have seen Frank's face as he said that. Even recalling the story, he became momentarily speechless. I just, wow, that's my type. <laughs> she was really attractive to me. So I was smiling, looking at her, thinking, mm, that's nice. And she looked at me and smiled. Judith approached him and introduced herself. They chatted briefly, then went their separate ways to mingle in the room of about 70 people. And they started the ceremony and they do all kinds of exercises. I didn't see her during the whole ceremonial process. So after the ceremony was over, I said, I got to find her. He scanned the room looking for the woman who had taken his breath away. And I see this crowd of guys standing around her and I go, oh, there she is. So I kind of elbowed my way in there. I got my elbows out. I got in there, and she looked up, and she smiled at me. I smiled at her. We traded business cards, and I called her the next day, and we made a date for the following weekend. Really clicked off and uh, made a date for the weekend after that and really clicked off. And then I made a serious date to take her out to dinner, and we hit it well and connected sexually. And she said, you know, I'm looking for a husband. And I said, you know, I want a long-term committed relationship. She said, no, I'm looking for a husband. So I said, tell you what, let's commit to each other. And we'll, we'll go as deep as we can, exposing all of our inner secrets. And if in three months, we'll know whether it's going to work or not. That was 18 years ago. 
it's still working. And they have created those meaningful sexual experiences that Frank long hoped for. They've both embraced it so much that they decided to co-write books about it, including the magical sex book. They use the term magical sex to describe deeply connected sexual intimacy between partners. You know, I, I think you know it when you have it. I mean, it's when you have one of those, oh my God, that was amazing. And you feel your partner, you know you're connected. And seriously, connection is the key to magical sex. So the question then becomes, well, how do I do this more often? I mean, I've had sex, you know, I masturbate, I have sex, I get an orgasm, and it's, it's nice, it feels really good, but it's not magical. It's just a physical release, he said. It keeps the juices flowing. And that's all healthy and good. Not every sexual experience can or needs to be extraordinary, but some can. In the Magical Sex book, he and Judith talk about a study conducted in 2003 by psychiatrists who studied love, sex, and relationships. And they said, you know, there's a, there's a process where you begin to connect with your partner on a non-vocal level, on a totally spiritual level. If you've ever had a pet, he said, especially a dog, you might have a sense of that kind of connection. They know when you're feeling bad, and you know when they're feeling bad, and they don't talk. And that is limbic resonance. Without speaking, you just get it. The same can go for time with a partner. It builds as you foster emotional intimacy. And when you take that into the bedroom... Your heart is open, your brain is open, your mind is open, your spiritual body energy is all open, and you get that connection, and that is the beginning of magical sex. Of course, exploration, knowing your and a partner's turn-ons, and skills are important, too. One way to do so, Frank said, is to think about sex and arousal in stages. In the Magical Sex book, they explore four of them, starting with what they call pre-play. Pre-play is about establishing the connection. The secret to magical sex is the connection. And the deeper the intimacy you have with your partner, the more powerful the connection. One way to cultivate that connection, he said, is to practice empathetic listening. Ask thoughtful questions and really listen to each other's responses without trying to, quote, fix anything, unless your partner asks for that. You can also try different exercises they talk about, like eye gazing or synchronized breathing with a partner. Beyond that, Frank said, the next best thing you can do is explore touch. After pre-play comes foreplay which Frank said is about deepening the arousal with things like kissing, which he calls one of the most intimate things we can do with each other. As you warm your way up into those deep kisses, your bodies become aroused. And that's important. Because with the arousal then comes desire. He pointed out that especially if you've been with a partner for years, it's completely normal for desire to be more responsive than spontaneous. Kissing and touching feel good, and then you're turned on. 
Responsive desire is more common when you're stressed out too or just have a lot going on. If you don't keep this in mind, you might feel like, you know, I don't really care whether we have sex or not, but if you suit up and show up, as I say, and get naked in the bed and start fooling around and you get aroused, then the desire will be there. He calls the next stage the play. If you're in a heterosexual relationship, he said it's important to make like therapist Dr. Ian Kerner's book and make sure that she comes first. This is especially important for penis havers who are pretty young or struggling with premature ejaculation. And of course, my young grandson says, I'm so horny, I can't stand it, I can't wait. I said, well, don't stop. You know, once you get off doesn't mean it's all over. You have to finish and you have to make sure that she finishes in a way that brings her to ecstasy. But you're better off getting her to ecstasy first. Can I just take a moment to say how awesome it is that he and his grandson can talk about sex? Also awesome is the last stage that Frank and Judith talk about. After play. I think this one gets missed a lot. It's the care we can put into what happens once sex is over. When you have orgasm, you generate a lot of oxytocin, the bonding hormone. Because of that, many people find that sort of cooling down by relaxing in bed together is a helpful way to spend that after-sex time. Another term for this is aftercare, by the way, which is used a lot in the kink and BDSM circles. But it can actually be helpful after any type of sex. Rather than dash off in your separate ways, spend some quality time together. And if the sex was rough or kinky, or just seemed especially intense or emotional, it could be especially important to check in with each other on how you're feeling. Another part of afterplay that Frank is pretty passionate about is sex magic. It's mentioned in the Kabbalah. It's mentioned in the Vedas. You know, it's been around for a long, long time. So we know that thoughts have energy. We know that sex has energy. We can feel it. So what if you combine your sexual energy with the thought of something you want to manifest? Well, that's like adding rockets to it. Man, it's going to, it's going to lift it off and blast it out to the universe and bring it to you quicker. <laughs> I'm going to guess here that some of you are so down with that. Like, here, here, I believe. Others of you are more skeptical. And I hear all of you. But here's the thing. No matter what you think of sex magic, it can't hurt. And it might be super pleasurable and fun to try. Here's a little clip from my conversation with Kristen J. Soleil, a writer, curator, and educator who explores the intersections of art, gender, and the occult from January 2020. Sex magic can be anything that harnesses like the energy you raise through uh, sexual excitement or arousal, because it doesn't even have to be orgasm. But let's say if we go to orgasms, that's a powerful release. There's so much focus there. A lot of people find it really useful to harness for spell work. And I definitely got both my book deals through sex magic. That seems to be the kind of ritual work that works for me. And you never know. Things don't work out better good sometimes. You 
do spell work or rituals for something you don't get it doesn't mean it didn't work you know what I mean again like like prayer exactly (laughs) you don't get to right who knows how this shit works I don't know right you're putting something out there placebo effect which is real the human brain is so powerful and if it helps you yay exactly if you feel good in the process that was good enough you know right and then if there's more even better If you'd like to try this, you may want to consider a ceremony. Frank describes several he's learned from various teachers in the book. You can create a small altar near your bed that represents the four elements, for example, earth, air, fire, and water. If you really want to get fancy, he writes, get a piece of red paper and cut it into a triangle. Write whatever it is you want to manifest on the paper and put it on the altar and the point of the triangle aimed at you in the bed. Then after your orgasm and focusing on what you hope will happen, you basically burn the paper carefully, and you can even add some of your body fluids from your lovemaking onto it. That is not one I'd heard of before. Or you can just think about or talk about your hopes or desires after sex, whether you stay in bed or not, over a meal or during a walk. Sometimes just... At the moment of orgasm or just after orgasm, when you're in that cuddling, after play state, you can be thinking of those things. And we talk about them out loud. We want to have manifest financial security and good health and joyous relationship. Talking about those things seems so helpful regardless, don't you think? And after sex seems like a really meaningful time to do so. Frank realizes that all of this takes time, and people are busy, himself and Judith included. And it doesn't happen every, every, every time, more often than not, that we get that connection that, oh my God. He told me that when they do have mind-blowing sex, they ask each other, why don't we do this more often? And the answer is, they're busy leading rich, full lives, and doing work that they hope will really help people. You know, she's working with her clients. She does three art classes a week. She does her full counseling practice. And I'm writing and doing stuff. And then I, now I'm getting older. I'm, I just came from having coffee with one of my buddies. And, and I'm thinking about writing an erotic novels just because it'd be fun. And that busyness is just fine as far as their relationship goes. Because what seems most important isn't the sex itself, but the connection between lovers, something Frank is committed to maintaining. One day he was having dinner with sexologist and author, Dr. Patty Britton. I had her book and we were having dinner together one time and I said, Patty, write something in our book. And she wrote, celebrate Eros every day. And I said, thank you. I I try to do that. I find some way every day to feel that sexual energy in my body. Somebody call it, you know, it's like stoking the fire. You know, keep that connection going. To do so, Frank and Judith lean on various rituals. Every morning we start our morning with a worship each other and tell each other how much we love each other and what we do. And it gets kind of repetitive. I mean, how many times can you say 
you know, I love your body. I love your heart. I love your art. I love your tits. I love your tush. I love your, you know, all that stuff. It doesn't matter what you say. What matters is that we're connecting. We acknowledge every morning that we have this love for each other. And then we finish the day with saying what we're grateful for. And one of the things I'm always grateful for is my relationship with Judith. To learn more from Frank Wiegers and his wife, Judith Clare, visit themagicalsexbook.com. The book is geared toward heterosexual couples, and it brings up various beliefs about gender differences that I think can be interesting to reflect on, whether you relate to them or not. It's also full of practical tips, exercises, and topics you can discuss with a partner, all written with a lot of heart. Another way to make sex more magical? Bring a new sex toy into the mix. All February long, the Pleasure Chest is celebrating toys for couples. Check out their Better Together and Let's Be Queer collections for folks of all orientations at thepleasurechest.com. They are also featuring games, toys, and kinky kits for anyone who wants to reignite their love life, partnered up, or not. If you are a new customer, sign up for their mailing list to save $5 on your first order. Again, that's The Pleasure Chest at thepleasurechest.com. If you are enjoying Girl Boner Radio, I would love to hear from you by way of a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or the iTunes Store. You can also support the show and get fun extras by joining my community at patreon.com slash girlboner. And if you check out Zencaster for podcasting, I want to hear about it. Learn more or sign up at the discount link in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening.